Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. The first slide you can leave up there, please. Yeah, there we go. 70 by 7, 70 times 7 is by Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. He's the founder and chairman of Teach Every Nation International Ministry. Through the principles of forgiveness taught in this life-changing 70 times 7 series, Finding Peace by Forgiving Others and Yourself, we will learn the power of forgiveness. These powerful principles have already helped tens of thousands, if not more today, to forgive and find much-needed and lasting peace. So this morning, I believe God has set us up. And I believe that he's up to something good. God is about to give us a very special gift. Jesus is about to give us a word, his word, because he is the word. And it will last, standing on the promises of God. The next slide, please. The first thing I did when I first opened this book, I always like to break out the American Heritage Dictionary and find definitions. What is the definition of forgive? To excuse for a fault or an offense, to absolve from payment or a debt, and then I had, of course, look up absolve. To relieve of or Procure of a guilt or a blame. But then I read another definition, which was kind of, I didn't think it was part of the definition, but definition two says, forgive is to stop feeling angry or resentment against. That's a great thing. And we're going to find that it's not just an attack on or an ad, it's a definition of forgive. So, That brings us to a shocking revelation. The next slide, please. The shocking revelation about forgiveness is about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness delivers you to the torturers. We might have read this passage, and I'm going to read and thought nothing of it, but what God says today hopefully will scare the hell out of us and scare heaven into us. Amen? So, the next slide, please. Key number one, when I first wrote down the definition of forgive, the Holy Spirit just, boom, planted something in my heart. And he said, write this down and use it throughout the series. And hopefully, when, before I'm done, that we'll have a better explanation of what this means. But he told me to, to write down to free slash and be free. So you may not understand that until we read the scripture or maybe later on. To free slash dot 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 and be free. This is, this is what God says. And I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 18. The scripture will not be on the screen. So that is challenging to see if folks have a paper Bible, or if they have their 
uh, Bible app on their electronic device ready to follow along because that way you'll be able to see if I'm telling the truth or not. Why forgiving 70 times 7 is a brilliant idea, I'm going to begin uh, reading in a moment. It's not only a brilliant idea, it's a radical idea because it's coming from the very lips of Jesus right here. And he's the one who frees us. So before I begin reading, everyone here and everyone worshiping online, let's join our hearts in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. The only name and the only way that we can come before you, we're so privileged and thankful. So we boldly confess this morning that our minds are alert, free of distraction, our hearts are receptive, and we will never be the same. We understand it's your word that changes and transforms us. So not only individually, but corporately as a church, we will be transformed beginning today, and it is a process. So we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. It is in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus, that we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to begin reading in verse 21. It says, then Peter came to him. Jesus, that is, and said, Lord, how often should my brother sin against me and I forgive him? In other words, Peter was saying, how many times should I forgive another human being when they sin against me? Peter wasn't talking about a family member. And I'm wondering, well, this is just for Christians. No, Scott, dummy, the church hadn't been born yet. So it wasn't a brother in Christ. So in that, in that culture, we're talking about just another human being, okay? And he says, we know Peter. The rabbis taught that you only need to forgive up to three times and then take it out. So Peter thought, hmm, four, five. No, I'm Peter. I'm going to go bigger. Maybe Jesus, because they were arguing at the beginning of the chapter about who's going to be the greatest in heaven. Peter was still thinking about that. Oh, maybe I'll get on Jesus' good side. He says, up to seven times? And Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Some translations have 77 times, but this is from the original language, and we'll stay with it there. So we're going to stop there for a second. Key point number two, if you go down the slide, if, the, if it's on the slide... Yeah, key point number two comes from right here. It's a command. This is Jesus, and it's a command. He is commanding unlimited forgiveness or forgiveness without limit. But why? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Jesus now begins a, a parable or a story that's pretty much made up but also it has the spiritual and kingdom significance. And in beginning in verse 23, he starts the parable, and it's called the parable of the unmerciful servant or the unforgiving debtor. Verse 23, and reading. Therefore, 
The kingdom of heaven is like Jesus is going to give us the principle of forgiveness and how heaven works with earth today. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wants to settle accounts with the servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, uh, otherwise millions and millions and millions of dollars, a fortune. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, and that payment may be made. How? I don't know. That's paraphrase. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. He released him and forgave him the debt. Wow. The master, or the king, was moved with compassion. Why? I believe this because it wasn't about the money. He saw a faithful servant falling on his knees and begging, begging for mercy. And so the Bible says he released him and forgave him the debt. That is, he canceled it all. This verse right here speaks to you and I. You see, there's no way the servant could have ever paid the debt. And there's no way we could have ever paid our debt. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay, but Jesus paid the debt. He did no. Altogether, this verse is speaking of the amazing and radical grace of our God. So picking up in verse 28, but, but, oh, but, I always like but God, but this is not a good one. <laughs> but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, like a few bucks. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, that is, he was choking him out, <laughs> saying, pay me what you owe me. He was demanding this. I need a couple Starbucks coffee, and anyhow, that was a few bucks worth. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, that is, he refused. That's a key word, he refused. But he went and threw him in prison until he should pay the debt. How he can pay from prison, I don't know. So when his fellow servant saw what had been done, they were so grieved, and they came and told their master all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. In verse 33, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In other words, mercy like I had mercy to you. Verse 34, well, 
I want to stop at verse 33 for a second. This is key point number three, if it happens to be on the next screen. There we go. This is, this is another picture of the Lord and us. Should you not have also, after I cancel your debt, should you not have also, dot, dot, dot. That is, this question will always demand an answer. Verse 34, and his master, remember this is a certain king, was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. And we get to, this is where Jesus is leading to. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart did not does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That is, if you do not forgive another human being who has wounded you by their attitudes, words, or actions. Whew, that's a shocking revelation. I want to say that again. Jesus is saying what we just read. My heavenly Father will also do to you if you don't from your heart forgive somebody their offenses against you. Even though you're deeply hurt, we're going to just open this up a little bit this morning. Why forgiving 70 times 7 is such a brilliant and radical idea. You see, true forgiveness comes from the heart, and only God knows what is true. So we're going to, I believe, in the next slide, start with orange block Number one, that God desires that everyone forgives everyone for everything. Oh, I know a lot of folks are troubled right now. Are you serious? I'll take any of the requests out there after. But, yeah, he desires everyone forgives everyone for everything. And this is just breaking into it. And if you've already studied it through Pastor Steve's series on Wednesday night last time, you probably already been touched and already been changed a little bit, and, and it's still a process. But, yeah, God desires that everyone forgives everyone for everything. Block number two. Next slide, please. God describes people who don't forgive as wicked. Not me. Of course, I had to go to the dictionary again. Wicked is evil by nature and by practice. Again, that's not me. Well, anyhow, what happened? The servant, we look back again, he had no compassion. He had no mercy. He had no pity. He had a hard heart. What happened? Did he forget all that was canceled? All that was forgiven, have we forgot? All that's been forgiven us? We have a vertical relationship, and now we have a horizontal relationship, and now it's all met at the cross. Orange block number three. Next slide, please. God delivers everyone who chooses, and this is a key throughout it, chooses not to forgive 
he delivers them to the torturers or someone who refuses. Are you going to be willing to forgive? Or are you going to be refusing? Well, God delivers everyone who cho- makes this choice to the torturers, and we will look at that in a minute. This is, I'm gonna, I got a little scared when I got into the next few points, but anyhow, there are two exceptions if it's on a slide. Okay. Exception number one is the window of grace, the grace of our God. He will give an individual a season, a season of time to cope with this severe wound, this being deeply hurt, this offense, because God knows what has happened and how you are torn up inside. He will give you a season of grace to cope with it. And only God knows when it's time. But then he will require you to start the process of forgiveness. But that is the window of grace. The second exception is the season of childhood. That is for small children with their little hearts getting broken. God knows that they don't know how to cope and deal with it. They don't know what forgiveness is. So it's called the season of innocence for a small child, that God will postpone what he is going to ask of them until he knows that they get to the age to where they understand and can cope. And, but then, at the same time, he will still require forgiveness. He's going to say to anyone, it is time, because God knows when it's time. In the block, orange block number four. Yep. See, our God is not abusive. He doesn't want to have to deliver us to the torturers. That's not his heart. But he has little tolerance for unforgiveness. Oh, wait, did I forget a couple words? He has little tolerance for the sin of unforgiveness. I really never thought about forgiveness as a sin because we're dealing with stuff. But this is just opening up. It's the sin of unforgiveness. So now we have orange block number five. The next slide, please. Thank you. To torture means to cause another person distress and suffering. And the result of torture is the word that's been used and will be used is torment. Now, we won't have it on the screen, but I have, there's four examples from Scripture that I want to read that, okay, we know the Old Testament was written, and I'm not a Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic scholar, but I had to go by what Dr. Wilkinson said, that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic, but the New Testament, which I'm going to be sharing, was written in Greek. So there's one Greek word that is used for torment that is the same word that is used in, in many, many verses of Scripture in the New Testament. And that word is bazanizo, if that's right. Is that right? <laughs> bazanizo. Okay. Coming from Matthew chapter 8. Now a certain, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, 
a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. This is an example of physical illness. And uh, just a sidebar, I got this from Dr. Wilkinson, that not all suffering, torment, illnesses comes from unforgiveness, but we're going to see that a lot do. Um, in fact, a study was taken just recently that in a, the mental institution and institutions that 80 to 85% of the folks that were talked with, their mental decapacitation, their suffering, their torment within, whatever that may be, was actually a result of underlying unforgiveness. So I want to read a second verse here from Second uh, Peter chapter 2. It says, And delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, we're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Uh, this is uh, an example of an emotional suffering. Then, of course, we have in Revelation, and I'm sure the mothers in here will agree with this, and I won't even put this in a box. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. The same tormented. I will leave that alone. Now, the most serious one coming from Scripture is from Revelation chapter 20. The devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire with brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. But then I had to add what the scripture says after that. And so shall it be for those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. So today is the day, if your name's not written in the Lamb's book of life here and watching online, it's your day to say yes to Christ. Now we come to, I believe the, yep, there it is. The key point number four, we'll get to in a moment. But remember, God does not do the torturing. But he delivers into the hands of the torturers. He doesn't want to. It really grieves his heart. However, the result is torment. It could be spiritual torment. It could be physical torment. It could be mental torment. It could be emotional torment. It could be, and of course it is relational torment. It could be financial torment. It even could be vocational torment or any form of torment and severe suffering or physical pain. And I got these from our Transform series and just to begin there, which speaks into our overall health. These are disciplinary consequences of any unforgiveness in our heart. But why the torment? Again, I'm glad you asked. It's comforting to know that our Heavenly Father wants the best for our lives. He knows that the sin of unforgiveness will choke the very life out of our souls. And here's key number four. So for our sake, for our sake, he lovingly disciplines us 
and you could probably think of maybe you've experienced this or are. He lovingly disciplines us by removing his protective barrier of peace within our hearts. That's a scary thing. But that's when some may think uh, the, it, it, God has no choice at this point but to remove that protective barrier and allowing things. Okay, and uh, orange block number six. The next slide, there we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to th that part in a moment. But uh, the torturers apply discipline until forgiveness is fully given or fully granted. And that word is used in the passage in Matthew that we used, thrown into prison or delivered to the hands of the torturers until. It's another picture of the grace of God. Until forgiveness is fully granted. That is, the misery and the torment that God permits us to experience is for the very sole purpose. We know that God always has a purpose of bringing us to a place where we can choose to forgive from the heart completely and to God's satisfaction. The very moment we forgive, the very moment the sentence of discipline is over, just like that, and the suffering we've been experiencing ceases. Now we go back to the last orange block in orange block number seven. The fear of the torturers is Christ's reason to forgive without limit. Uh, I also added something personally. I said the fear of the torturers is Christ's reason to forgive without delay. That's a powerful motivation right there. You see, realizing how completely that Jesus has forgiven us and how complete we are in him with our union with him, that should produce and motivate us to produce, by the Holy Spirit that is, it should produce a free and generous attitude or spirit of forgiveness towards others. See, completely forgiven people will forgive people completely. Now, I believe we're, we're stepping into the basics of forgiveness in the book is in part two, a, a short but powerful section. See, God desires and requires that we forgive like he does. Through Jesus, our Heavenly Father is fully ready to forgive anyone for anything. And again, here's the side note. If you have not yet received Jesus as your personal Savior here and online, if you have not surrendered your life to him, let him take over as Lord. Again, today is your day of salvation. Now, 
a scripture verse that keeps popping up. It was throughout our series in Ephesians. It's such a powerful verse. Ephesians 4.32, and Paul writes this. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ has forgiven you. You see, it's only when our hearts are not like this servant who had a hard heart, who refused, who had no compassion, no mercy. It's only when our hearts are tender can we then be kind, compassionate, and forgiving. But it's all about a tender heart. Once again, true forgiveness comes from the heart, and God knows what is true. And genuine forgiveness is going to require us to forgive everyone for everything. But again, that that comes to our final key is it's a choice. It's our choice and ours alone. Yes, it's difficult. But no matter how difficult, God is saying this morning, I know you're hurting. I know you've been wounded. I know you're broken. That's why you need to forgive. So I'm going to use a a simple natural example and then to a hard example. Now, I'm a painter by profession. Yes, painting is a profession. But I also do vinyl floor coverings. And with that, you have to use a razor knife. How many times I'm trying to rush, rush, get it all done in vacant apartments, slice, there goes the finger, boom, forgot to put it in. I cut, poke myself in the hand. It's usually the cutting off of the edge of the finger that uh, the first thing I do, well, besides trying not to get so unspiritual that out of the overflow of the heart, anyhow, the first thing I do is I go to the kitchen sink, run the cold water, and... I'm cleaning it out. Just squeezing it. Come on, blood. I don't see no dirt, nothing. Just keep cleaning it out. Keep cleaning it out. And if I do that correctly, of course, usually I wrap it with a piece of masking tape, but that's not that good. But anyhow, if I clean it out, it will heal. And when I'm done, there will be a scar, but it won't hurt anymore. But what if I just chose to just bleed all over the floor, over the carpet, whatever, and without cleaning, just wrap it up with masking tape. It's no cleaning, there will be no healing, and it'll probably get infected. So, what about the heart? It's the same with the heart. Our severe wounds, we've been deeply, deeply hurt. What, do we, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is that process, that cleaning it out. We need to clean out our heart, and we do that through forgiveness. Yes, there are probably going to be many tears, and there has been many tears, but we need to clean out the dirt in our heart through forgiveness. And when we do this, our hearts will heal. There will probably be a scar, but guess what? It's not going to hurt anymore. You could probably say, you know, I don't feel it anymore. I don't feel this and this and this against this person anymore. That's the process leading to true forgiveness. But 
What if I choose not to forgive and I'm harboring that unforgiveness that, that, that there's still dirt in there. There's no cleaning. No cleaning means no healing. And of course, no healing leads to infection. And in the heart, the infection will continue to spread and you'll be filled with infection until you're no good for nothing to nobody. And that is in further series. We'll find out what happens when we allow that unforgiveness to take root in our heart. So this morning, what I'm saying is choose door number one. Choose forgiveness. And if, if Daniel's still around, I'm hearing a little keyboard in the background. I've always wanted to say that. I hear a little keyboard in the background. If someone could, uh, anyhow. Something about choices again. We choose what we magnify. We can magnify the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the offense, how much we don't like that person anymore. Or we could bring it all to our Heavenly Father and choose to magnify Him. And He promises today that if we do that, that He will help us through the process of forgiveness and healing. The shocking revelation about forgiveness, Jesus has revealed that the sin of unforgiveness always, 100% always, results in being delivered to the torturers. So, there's what's called the forgiveness verifier or validator. And it's what you will have inside of you. Would you say that you have experienced torment? Some of those unexplainable things in your life, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, you're wondering, even God, I can't remember doing anything to cause this pain or this suffering. It's unexplainable. Could it be the unforgiveness in your heart? You see, God will make you and I confirm or deny to ourselves whether it's true or not. Through this, He'll make us confirm to ourselves or deny whether there is the sin of unforgiveness in our heart. See, this morning with unforgiveness, we will fail to experience the very peace of God's grace and forgiveness. That's a whole nother series. But when we fail to forgive, God stops forgiving us. Not for eternal salvation, but in our daily lives. So with unforgiveness, we fail to experience that peace that God gives. With unforgiveness, we cut ourselves off from the Holy Spirit's life and joy. So with unforgiveness, we have no peace, no joy. But yet Jesus tells us this morning he connects forgiveness with our daily life. And Jesus says forgiveness 
is your key to healing this morning. It's healing in the heart because that's where we've been deeply hurt, severely wounded. So in closing, and throughout the series once again, it's to free slash and be free. That is to release and then forgive someone. And then will come your true freedom. I heard it. it was, I watched Christian television on Sunday morning early and just walking out the door, but I'm watching uh, and it was the sermon on forgiveness. And I was going to, I wrote this down like I normally do with my scribble notes, but uh, I was going to, but I heard this this morning, it says, uh, forgiveness is releasing the prisoner and the prisoner is you. To forgive or not to forgive, that is the question. I think that's Hamlet, was it? No. To forgive or not to forgive, that is the question. Whenever we learn, like this morning, a deep truth from the Bible, the Holy Spirit begins to convict and challenges us to obey, to obey, to forgive, in order to enjoy more of God's blessings. So to make it personal this morning, what are you going to do with this conviction as the Holy Spirit is dealing with each one of us? Don't run from it. Don't run from it. Embrace it and open your heart. You see, God will always bless those who forgive. See, when you and I choose, when we choose to hold on to unforgiveness, we have then at the same time decided to forfeit something good that God has already planned and prepared for us. I'm going to say... That, that struck me. When we choose to hold on to unforgiveness, we have then decided to forfeit something good that God has already planned and prepared for us. It's like wandering in the wilderness outside of God's richest blessings. However, choosing to forgive 70 times 7, unlimited forgiveness will ensure that we will never, never allow a trace of unforgiveness to live in our hearts. This is Jesus' brilliant idea. It's a radical idea of forgiving everyone for everything, no matter how difficult it is. Jesus says, yes, this is a way of life. This is a new way of life that keeps our hearts whole and our relationships with other people peaceful and our walk with God joyful. The Lord is saying to us this morning, it's time for your miracle. Forgive for your forgiveness blessings. 
the Lord is saying, for I am up to something good in your life. Can we bow our heads and again join our hearts before the Lord this morning in prayer and prayer and thanksgiving? Lord, we just bring everything this morning at the foot of the cross and we lay everything down. We've heard from you as we sat at your feet to learn of you so we can become more like you. In your seat, that is fine. Are you watching online? If you want to come at the altar or wherever you are online and kneeling down before the Lord and just releasing and allowing the Holy Spirit to begin a, a process of helping you through what might be a difficult decision. It might be something new. It might be something decades old. But our loving Heavenly Father wants the best for our life. Don't allow any pride or the sin of unforgiveness, no matter how bad you've been hurt, don't allow it to choke the life out of your soul. Allow the Holy Spirit to clean you out and fill you up with the good things of God. We thank you, Lord, this morning for you're ever so close to each one of us in this place. You know everything about us, and yet you still love us. So we lay everything down at your feet. In your holy and precious name again, we thank you and pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.